Hi there, you're listening to the Floorplate Podcast, the place where successful commercial property owners, developers, and the people who help them tell you how they built their businesses. I'm Tim Benjamin, a commercial property developer based in London. To be a successful owner of commercial real estate, it goes without saying that an investor needs to master a wide range of skills, and one of them is communications. In particular, the ability to communicate effectively with a wide range of audiences whose buy-in is essential for the development to succeed. For example, a developer wishing to build a large apartment block is more likely to have their planning application approved if they can demonstrate that it has the support of the local community. Needless to say, getting that support is an active process that involves reaching out to people explaining the concept and encouraging them to feedback their thoughts. Meanwhile, that same development, once completed, needs to be promoted to potential tenants as well as buyers. And that might involve things like creating a brand for the development, getting media coverage and staging events to drive footfall. So who's best placed to do all this work? Well, it turns out that on larger developments, a big chunk of it has been done by public relations experts. But what exactly do these people do? Well, the answers lie in a new book called Promoting Property. Promoting Property sets out to explain the relevance of PR within each of the main sectors that operate under the wider property banner. For example, there's a chapter on using PR to support large mixed-use developments. Meanwhile, other chapters cover verticals as diverse as student housing, interior design and prop tech. Promoting Property is edited by property PR consultant Penny Norton. She says that property PR has now evolved to a point where it covers a wide range of specialisms. Well, property PR is massive. Um, if you were to glance down the contents for the book, it ranges from, well, we start off with large-scale mixed-use schemes through um, commercial and retail, home building, housing associations, local authorities as developers, We've got student housing, high-end residential, interior design, estate agency, prop tech and property consultancy. So there's a massive range of property PR um, and within that many specialisms. So we have specialists who, I mean, who, who operate simply within planning, for example, or simply within luxury PR. And many of the people who've written chapters for that book are, for the book are specialists in their particular fields, which is great because it means that their knowledge is so well honed to what they do and, and it's very specific. Well, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting point, as you say. It's an incredibly broad uh, field. I mean, can we even say, in all honesty, that there is a thing called property PR or, or are these areas so sort of specialised that actually we really have to talk about um, planning uh, as a distinct area of um, expertise as opposed to the marketing uh, uh, side of property PR? I think there's arguments on both sides, really. There's certainly a lot to be gained from being a specialist in a particular field and having a really thorough understanding, and particularly within planning. It's a very complex political and legislative area, and um, it's important to have a real understanding of those aspects. Um, on the other hand, you could say that it's important for somebody who works within property to understand the whole remit of property. So we believe that the book should be read by by people who operate in property generally, and if they only operate within, say, for example, home building, they may be interested to read about a state agency or interior design, because although it's not directly relevant to what they do, it will have an impact on their work. And the PR for those dif different sectors does vary, and there's lots that can be learned from other sectors that could actually benefit 
a sector that somebody's working in. If we talk about you specifically, I mean, is there one area amongst all those that, that you would say is your real sweet spot or are you, you are sort of a generalist who can work across all of those areas? It's interesting because just looking down the list of contents for the book, my experience is largely at, in both chapter two and chapter 13. So um, the chapter I've contributed is property consultancy, and that's because I've worked with a large number of property consultancies in doing media relations. Um, that's one end of a spectrum. At the other end of a spectrum, I've my previous book was about consultation. I've written a book called Public Consultation and Community Involvement in Planning. And that's very much about that very early stage of property of, of property development. Um, and so I personally have had experience from the start, start to finish, perhaps with a few gaps in between. But I think that's what's enabled me to bring together all these different chapters with some understanding of each sector. But ultimately, I don't profess to have experience within all those fields. I'm the curator of information and I'm much wiser for having edited those chapters and written the introduction and conclusion and really enjoy doing so. But ultimately, um, they are very wide ranging and it's great to have those specialists, as in those who've written those chapters, because they bring so much detail and and so much finely honed experience. Obviously, you have worked across a range of different functions within the broad property PR area, but you have a particular knowledge of uh, pre-planning community uh, communications. And I'm just interested to know what that phase actually involves. Yeah, so that's a very important phase in, in the whole of the property development process, because it's the point at which the developer presents some ideas for a new scheme to a local community and it's a case of getting that feedback from the community which ultimately helped to inform the planning application. So in a typical scenario a developer might put together a draft master plan for a new scheme and then it would be our role as communications professionals to take that master plan to the local community through a variety of different ways whether it's through an exhibition or a website or through a leaflet um, and present that to local people and to get their feedback, um, partly because it's important that local people are on board and a planning application probably won't get consent if it's if it's not, not appreciated by the local community. But also um, local people can have a very important role in actually shaping that, that planning application in a positive way. So they might understand more about local, whether it's prevailing winds or, or tr- transport or, or kinds of pressures you wouldn't even think about that would actually have an implication on that planning application. So local people can be a really useful source of information at that stage. How does it actually deliver value above and beyond the expense of rolling out a, a communication program like that? Well, essentially what we are seeking to do for our clients is to get them planning consent. Um, if a, If a developer is to choose not to consult, they would put in their planning application and if it was badly received locally ultimately it may be rejected and they'd have to go back to the drawing board and start all over again and probably at that point they would choose to consult because they would appreciate that they need to have some buy-in from the local community and so they would have effectively have wasted that time and money the first round um, so that, that's one way in which we do actually reduce costs albeit there is a cost involved in appointing us um, but also, also, I think that using a planning a planning specialist, a consultation specialist, 
can create efficiencies because we have certain ways in which we do things time and time again for clients. So, for example, I, I run a consultation website called Consult Online, and this is a template website um, which I roll out again and again for different clients in different sectors, which is essentially quite a comprehensive consultation website with different means of communicating with, with local communities about a planning application. And that's a really efficient means of getting that information and, and then evaluating it and presenting it to a client in, in a way in which is immediately accessible to them and helps them make decisions. So in other words, by rolling out this pre-planning communication program, a developer is able to get a much better handle on, on, on what's going to pass muster with the local community, what's going to be opposed, and therefore put together out the back of the findings a proposal that A, is, is, is most likely to meet with community approval and therefore most likely to get planning Absolutely, approval. Absolutely, yes. What would be, I mean, this is perhaps a how long is a piece of string question, but is there a sort of typical profile of the kind of client that somebody like you would work with? Is it, you know, does it tend to be a larger developer, a smaller developer, both of those? How does it work? I work with a whole range of different size developers. Um, within planning law, there isn't always a requirement to consult at the very early stages um, on very small schemes, but there is on larger schemes. So it may well be that the majority of large developers, developers of large schemes, will choose to use a communications consultant, whereas perhaps people who are only developing, say, 20 houses may choose not to do so. But there are still benefits in them doing so, and it can still be done on quite a small scale and, and quite cost-effectively. And is there a kind of, um, uh, I don't know, some kind of rule of thumb that uh, developers should consider when they're deciding whether or not to actually hire somebody who does the kind of work that you do? Well, I think they should ask them directly what value they will bring. And I'm sure any good communications consultant can explain quite eloquently how they how they can bring value and uh, what, what they can achieve that um, couldn't be achieved otherwise. Now, think about the mechanics of hiring a property PR consultant. How does it actually work? Let's just imagine I'm a developer and I want to create a mixed-use development um, and I'm kind of scratching my head. I've never used somebody like you before. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's relevant or not. How, how does that conversation even start? Well, I suppose the first thing a developer might want to consider is whether they would want to use a consultant for the entirety of the scheme, um, in which case they'd want to choose somebody with planning expertise through to, some, through to a, um, a firm which could also help with the sale of units, whether they would want to choose to use a selection of individuals who have specific experience. So they might use a planning specialist for the planning, a, communication, a community relations specialist for the construction stages, and then go on to use somebody more experienced in the sales side. Um, so I, I suppose in relation to that, they may choose if they wanted to go for that all-in-one solution, they might choose to go for a larger consultancy rather than a small boutique consultancy, which has specialisms. So there's all kinds of different consultancies that operate within property PR. So I suppose it's a case of looking at what's available and what works best. Um, but very important, if they were to go for a series of individual consultants or consultancies, to ensure that there is that through thinking, that there is a strategy that can follow through. Because in the case of a, a large mixed-use scheme that might be developed over, say, 20 years, it's important there is true thinking in terms of the communications. What's the right time to bring somebody on? I mean, I mean, do, do, you know, should we as developers wait until we have a crisis on our hands? Is that the right time to reach out to somebody like you? Or, or, or should we be bring you on board, you know, when we're first tossing around just basic ideas long before we've even worked out exactly what we're 
going to be proposed. Well, the sooner the better, but that's, of course, what you'd expect me to say, and I appreciate that means the um, fees are paid sooner rather than later as well. Um, but it really does help, um, and certainly going back to consultation, I think when an investment is made earlier, it's almost more cost-effective. So, for example, you mentioned about crisis management. There's no point waiting until a crisis occurs and then throwing everything at it. It's much better to actually invest time understanding the issues so talking to the community, understanding the sensitivities, um, perhaps understanding where misinformation is spreading and mitigating that um, in, a, in a way that's not too adversarial rather than simply responding to a crisis or guns blazing in a very public arena. So um, certainly that long term investment can actually be the more cost efficient one too. If somebody goes out, buys a copy of the book, what are the key takeaways going to be for them? They'll learn about a whole range of different property PR sectors. And even if they only work in one of those sectors, they will certainly benefit from reading about the other sectors that undoubtedly have a role to play in what they do. They'll also get a really good understanding of strategy and understand how the world of property PR works. And they'll get some really specific insight from real experts, people who have worked solely in, for example, retail or luxury property for many years and have a wealth of experience um, and lots of fantastic case studies, as well as lots of really good top tips and um, examples of how, how to do it and how not to do it. Now, I'm putting together this book. Who did you have in mind as being the target reader? We have a lot of audiences in mind, from the students of PR, but also students of property, through to those who are currently working in property at all levels, because so many, uh, so frequently board members are responsible for PR, and not all of them have a full understanding of PR. They, they would certainly benefit, as would somebody at a much earlier stage in working in property, um, who might have a role in liaising, for example, with the PR team. So I, I think there's a, there's a massive range of people who could really benefit from the book. If somebody has been listening to this, whether they're a property developer, somebody who works for a property-related company, or even indeed, as you mentioned, a student, if they want to reach out and connect with you, where's the best place on the internet to actually find you? They can find me on my website, which is PNPR Limited. So that's for Penny Norton Public Relations Limited in full, pnprlimited.co.uk. And um, if they look under books, they will find a link to the book, Promoting Property, and um, lots of blogs, lots of previews of chapters, some Q&As with the authors, and hopefully lots of useful information there. Penny Norton, it's been a real pleasure having you on the Floor Plate podcast. Thanks for appearing. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you.